19th, uh, just, uh, boy, you've got, what, uh, uh, five shopping days left for Christmas. And if you're concerned about the weather, you may want to do it earlier in the week than later. Yeah, it's going to get a little nippy, too. Uh, so, folks, uh, anyway, yesterday around the NFL, just some unbelievable games uh, in that regard. Of course, we're going to have Bob Rose in at 8 o'clock to talk a little bit about the Saints' win over Atlanta, and they're still mathematically uh, uh, alive with regards not only to the playoff, but to win the division. And got some help from Cincinnati. Yes, they did. And that was the game. Weren't, weren't uh, the Tampa Bay up like 17 to 3 at halftime? I think it was 17 to nothing at one time. I think uh, uh, the Bengals scored with. I don't know, a few seconds left in the first half to kick a field goal yeah. to make it 17 so to One three. headline would suggest total meltdown. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, then they, they go on to score, I and think. That's uh, a 17 to nothing game you were thinking of. Yeah. Um, anyway, the Saints win. Andy uh, Dalton plays a pretty good game. Kamara finally gets uh, going uh, and rushes for a ride around 90 yards on about 18, 19 carries. Uh, uh, the Saints, to my knowledge, uh, did they? I think they turned the ball over uh, once on that fumble. Uh, of course, they recovered a fumble, but uh, in the meantime, uh, Saints remain alive uh, as uh, Tampa Bay goes down, Carolina goes down. Of course, the Saints beat Atlanta, and the uh, Tampa Bay now sits atop the division. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think they're uh, six and eight, and the Saints are five and nine, and. Uh, <laughs> Just amazing uh, when you look at it uh, as the Saints uh, hanging around. Who knows? They still have to play. they got to go to Cleveland. they got to go to Philadelphia. And then they uh, come back home to play Carolina. So uh, uh, two tough road games. I'm sure they're going to be played in the cold, especially uh, I think they play Christmas Eve this coming Saturday up they in do. Cleveland. Most, most games are Saturday, just three on Sunday. And then, uh, of and course, then, of course, the primetime games. Right. Too. And then they've got to go to uh, Philadelphia, and I'm sure it's going to be uh, quite cold up there, and then they come back home to the Dome. So um, possibilities, probabilities, we'll find out uh, this coming uh, week. As, uh, and you don't think Cleveland's going to run the ball on the Saints. <laughs> I mean, with Chubb and that backfield, they're, they're coming dead for them. So, uh, but like I said, we'll have more on the Saints at uh, 8 o'clock when Bob Rose, the SI, uh, a follower of the Saints uh, uh, will give us some more indication of what he feels. But around the league, uh, yesterday some interesting scores uh, in that regard, Jeff. Uh, 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 of course, Saturday's game, San Francisco gets past, uh, that was last week, uh, the Thursday game, I believe. No, the, that was the Saturday game. San Francisco gets by Seattle. Thursday. It that was, was Thursday. Thursday, okay. And then Indianapolis, uh, Minnesota and oh, Indianapolis. That That's... You know, they talk about what was the Frank Wright game when the Bills came back to beat the Oilers back in the early 90s. Uh, the the fired head coach of the that's Indianapolis right, the Colts, Colts, which uh, I thought uh, was beautiful. That uh, team that um, he was fired from has that kind of loss. Uh, the way he got that victory in a playoff game, 32 to nothing, they were down. Against Houston back in what ninety three ninety four yeah somewhere in there with Warren Moon at the quarterback for the Oilers at the time and uh, wow just yesterday uh, or I should say Saturday many, many I really ruined my day <laughs> I mean people pretty much know my uh, despising of the Vikings and 
I tell you, it really took me down. Yeah, it was uh, just, boy, you could see the faces on the coach players uh, late in the game. It was almost like they knew it was coming uh, as the Vikings down 33 to nothing at halftime. Come back to beat the uh, Indianapolis Colts 39 to 36 in the overtime and what is the NFL's greatest comeback in the history of the league, uh, being down 33 uh, and come back to win the game 39-36. I, I still say, even though the 33 points versus the 32 points, uh, one, when Frank Reich and Buffalo did it, it was a playoff game. I don't know if it was on the road or not. But it was a playoff game. No, it was in, it was in Buffalo because yeah, I remember okay. the weather being – because they played in the Dome. Right, they would have. That's You know, in the Astrodome with the Allers. But it was outside up in uh, Buffalo, and they make that uh, huge comeback. But but those were two teams you expected to compete because, one, it was a playoff game. Here sure. you, you've got a team that had been uh, playing well until last week against Detroit. Uh, and they're at home, and they come back. Uh, yeah, huge, obviously huge. But still, I, I say the playoff game, 32-point comeback versus a regular season 33-point comeback against a team that was obviously favored to win. That's right. Uh, Kirk Cousins uh, has a game of his life, I believe, do believe. He's 34 out of 54. At least a half of his life. Yeah, 460 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Cook runs for 17 carries for 95 yards. Osborne. Uh, not uh, not the LSU wide receiver, but Osmond goes ten receptions for 157 yards and a score, and uh, they pretty much uh, it's telling of the game. Of course, uh, Jefferson has only 12 catches for 123 yards, as uh, uh, and Cook four catches for 95 yards. So they almost had three receivers uh, with uh, triple digit marks in receiving. Meanwhile, the Coats, uh, Matty Matty Ice, uh, just. Um, it was not meant to be. Uh, he goes 19 out of 33 for 182 yards, a touchdown, no picks, uh, and Moss runs for 81 yards. But uh, the 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 Colts of uh, 33 nothing at halftime, kick a field goal in the third quarter. But the uh, Vikings uh, go f- for two touchdowns in the uh, third quarter and then score th- three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and make a two point try and kick a field goal, of course, to win the game after Indianapolis can score in the overtime. So a field goal wins it in that regard. But just incredible game, just incredible game. Uh, of course, the Saints take on Cleveland next. Uh, they down Baltimore without uh, Tyler Huntley as uh, their quarterback as uh, uh, Jackson's out of the game. Deshaun Watson still kind of mediocre right now, Jeff. He hadn't done anything really to light up things. He was 18 out of 28 161 yards and a score. Don't know if he had a, a pick. I don't think he did in that game. Yeah, there was an interception thrown in that game uh, uh, that uh, uh, Cleveland uh, had. But uh, in the meantime, uh, just, uh, uh, you know, uh, we'll see. The Saints take on Cleveland. They have to head up there this week. Uh, we're going to have to watch the uh, forecast. Meanwhile, uh, Buffalo keeps on winning. They take down Miami. Uh, uh, I believe their one of their losses was to Miami down in Miami earlier in the year. Of course, they beat uh, the Dolphins thirty-two twenty-nine. Elsewhere, well, Fields has a great game. Jeff breaks the thousand-yard barrier, third quarterback in the history of the NFL to do that. But uh, the Bears get beat by the, the Eagles twenty-five to twenty in a game that uh, that saw the uh, 
uh, Bears have, uh, I want to say, what uh, did 157 yards rushing uh, was most of that by uh, by Fields. Yeah, he had 95, 15 carries for 95 Ron yards. had a pretty good game, too. Yeah, he had 12 carries for 53 yards. Didn't uh, Fields have just an incredible run for a touchdown in that well, game? Well, it was stopped short of a touchdown. He barely stepped out of bounds. Uh, originally, he uh, – well, no, I, I don't think they ever ruled it a touchdown. He made it into the end zone, but he had stepped out at about the 12-yard line, and I think that's when Montgomery – Ran it in on, uh, if not the next play, uh, yeah. that same series. The uh, the Bears, uh, they were down 10-6 at half. Uh, not sure if it went to 17-6. I think it did. Then it went to uh, 17-13. And uh, I'm trying to see who uh, who scored uh, the with the, 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 the Bears were never up in that game. Is that correct? Early on they were. They um, – Scored a touchdown, made it six to three, and then they missed the extra point. Yeah, and, uh, then is that Carol uh, Santos yeah, well, missed his first extra point no, this year? Sixth, his sixth. Yes. Wow. A- after having made his first X amount, uh, he's been uh, struggling a little bit. I wonder if the wind. Uh, uh, of course, they were playing in uh, Philadelphia. No, they're in Chicago. Chicago. I wonder if the wind had something to do with that, with regards to uh, you know Lake Michigan. You can get vicious there, coming off the uh, lake, uh, Lakeshore Drive in that area. But elsewhere, uh, the game uh, that uh, that I thought was really impressive, the, the Lions keep winning. Mm-hmm. And one day, at one time, one and six maybe, and now they're uh, six and one, That's seven and seven for the year. As Jerry Goff throws for two hundred fifty-two yards, they take down the Jets, who have been playing really well. Not lately, though. No, but not uh, lately. they started off at the House of Fire, and they went. They were going five and two, and then uh, all of a sudden, uh, the Jets now have been two and five in their last seven. Of course, they drop uh, to Detroit, who's got an outside chance too of. Uh, of making the playoffs, so uh, good for them. Pittsburgh does us a favor. They beat Carolina in Carolina as uh, Trubisky goes 17 out of 22 for 179 yards. Sam Darnold, uh, 14 out of 23, 225 yards, but uh, Carolina scores late to get a little closer. Uh, going into the fourth quarter, Pittsburgh held a 21-7 to lead, and uh, they held on to that game, so... Uh, Anyway, they do the Saints a favor. Meanwhile, another big comeback in the league yesterday was the uh, Cowboys getting beat by Jacksonville uh, just on a uh, what it, uh, a pick six uh, in overtime as uh, deflected off of was it a I want to say it was a Jaguar wasn't it wasn't the Cowboy that it deflected off of and uh, the pick six is run back in and uh, Jacksonville beats Dallas um, after Dallas had a 21-7 lead in the uh, at halftime. Uh, Jacksonville scores 17 points in the third and along with 10 uh, in the fourth and, of course, a six in the overtime. And uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence playing pretty good uh, football right now. He was 27 out of 42 for 318 yards and four scores. Travis Achan, the Jennings product, ran 19 times for 103 yards, uh, no score. Tony Pollard's still playing well. Uh, Ezekiel, uh, he's got to replace Ezekiel right now. Uh, Dak Prescott, 23 out of 30 for 256 yards. Of course, the Jaguars intercept Prescott, as I mentioned, and stunned the Cowboys in overtime and in that game. Elsewhere around the league, Kansas City finds another way to win uh, as uh, they beat back uh, Houston. Houston had a lead on them at halftime, 14-13, to 13, and uh, even a lead going into the fourth quarter of 21-16. to 16. 
the Chiefs score eight points. Of course, they make a two-point conversion uh, late in the game to tie it up and uh, go into overtime, and they find a way to win as they beat back uh, Houston Texans 30-24. to uh, elsewhere, uh, Arizona and Denver. Denver takes down Arizona. Denver had been playing well at all. Um, as uh, Brent Ripien is the quarterback for Denver, and he goes 21 out of 26, 197 yards and a score. Trace McSorley. I'm not even familiar with Trace McSorley. Are you? No. For Arizona taking Kyle Murray's place, who's uh, injured. And, of course, uh, Russell Wilson didn't play in that game either, did he? No, he didn't. He, he, didn't. he I did see, though, that they think he will play this next week. Uh, I forget who their opponent is. Maybe Green Bay or the – no, it's the Rams next weekend. Uh, they did suggest this morning that he will be uh, clearing protocol for that one. Yeah, and uh, in the meantime, uh, elsewhere around the league, uh, uh, of course, New England um, was trying to find a way to beat uh, – Vegas, and they've got the ball late in the game, and uh, they try the old pitcheroo, and uh, Myers pitches it the wrong way and throws it to a, a Raider, and he takes it in for the winning score. Unbelievable. <laughs> they beat New England 30-24. to 24. I mean, uh, all they had to do was drive down a little further, kick the field goal, and win the game, but uh, that doesn't happen with uh, trying the old uh, Cal Berkeley lateral of the football but uh anyway uh anyway jones snags the lateral in final play and the raiders stunned the patriots so uh anyway another way to lose elsewhere the chargers come back to beat tennessee too uh as they played uh in uh, uh in la and uh the titans uh big uh, uh derrick henry has a pretty good day 21 carries 104 yards and a score he also caught four passes for 59 yards but uh the uh, Chargers find a way to win. Herbert um, still having a good game. Of course, Cincinnati and Tampa Bay, thank you, uh, Joe Burrow. They were down uh, 17 nothing at one time, and then uh, they kick a late field goal in the first half, and it's 17-3. They come back and score 17 in the third quarter and 14 in the fourth quarter, and the Tampa Bay comes back to score a late touchdown to make it look respectable, 34-23, but it was uh, – it was the Bengals, all Bengals in the second half. Burrow, 27 out of 39, 200 yards, four touchdowns. Brady, 30 out of 44, 312 yards and three scores uh, for that. Leonard Fournette has 10 carries for 44 yards. And uh, pretty much uh, the um, uh, Bengals do the Saints a favor. And then the late night game uh, as the Giants uh, take down the Commanders by a score of 20 to 12. Daniel Jones, 21 out of 32 for 160 yards. Saquon Barkley, 18 carries, 87 yards, and a score. And uh, Taylor uh, Henneke uh, has a pretty good game, 17 out of 29, 249 yards, and a touchdown. But uh, it's not meant to be as the Giants. And they beat the Commanders in prime time to end a winless streak. I think uh, they had uh, lost, I don't know, eight or nine games in prime time, the Giants had. And they come back to beat the Commanders. Uh, twenty to twelve, and a couple course, of controversial plays. Boy, there. you're not kidding. Especially one of the last plays for the Commanders, too. Pass interference, call on a fourth down. And what was that play? What was the call with the wide receiver McLaurin out on the right? And the the looked like he signaled to the ref, "I'm okay." Did he call him a illegal formation? Illegal formation on uh, McLaurin that nullified a one yard touchdown run by Robinson with a minute three left. Then two plays later, 
Washington said wideout Curtis Samuel was interfered with on a fourth down play in the end zone, but no call made there. Yeah, I saw the replay of that. I saw them both, but I wasn't sure what the uh, call was. It looked like McLaren had signaled to the ref, like, am I okay here? And the ref kind of just gave my thumbs up. <laughs> and, and then uh, as soon as the play happens, a snap ball, he throws a flag. Anyway, just strange. And then, and with regards to the replay uh, in the end zone, the, the the giant cornerback, I don't know who it was. I mean, you talk about a mug job. If you see the replay, uh, it's just unbelievable how he was mugged in the end zone, just wrapping his arms up, uh, hugging him. Um, uh, I can't believe they didn't call anything uh, with that. Of course, uh, I don't know if he ever held him, but he did interfere with him. And uh Kind of reminds you of the play against the Saints, against the Rams uh, four years ago mm. uh, when he was mugged uh, and uh, as the ball flies by afterwards. So uh, tonight, um, the, uh, the, I don't believe, uh, yeah, the Packers game tonight, Rams. yeah, Packers Rams tonight. Somebody's got to win. Yeah, Rams are four and nine. The Packers are five and eight. Uh, let's see if uh, Mr. Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, comes off the bench and beat the Packers in Green Bay. Uh, they were asking the other day about cold, too. Uh, of course, that's the ESPN-ABC game tonight. Uh, cloudy and 19 degrees up in uh, Green Bay. Four uh, Winds at four miles an hour. Green Bay's a seven-point pick in that game, too. Of course, Baker Mayfield played in Cleveland. So, uh, you know, again, yeah, well, yeah. most of these teams, um, these players have played in cold games before. and. Know how to deal with it. Yeah, the winds off uh, Lake Erie are just as bad as the winds off of Lake Michigan up in Green Bay. So, uh, uh, of course, at Lambeau Field tonight, um, 19 degrees, chilly. 39.5 is the over and under in that game. So, uh, uh, Monday night football, and that, what we have, uh, two, one more, two, more, two more weeks of Monday night football? You're not going to play one the last weekend. Normally not. Yeah, so we have uh, they have three games left, so two more Monday nights it looks like. But will they play the Monday night after Christmas? Uh, I guess yeah, there they is will. one. It's um, and it, I already saw who was playing. It was uh, I think that is the Rams game uh, next. No, it couldn't be next Monday too. Yeah, how me, about uh, the Chargers in, at Indianapolis? That's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, and of course, the Saints journey to Cleveland uh, to take on uh, the Browns in a big ball game. So. Uh, Anyway, um, we'll see uh, what transpires in the meantime. So, uh, anyway, uh, of course, we've got a few other subjects to talk about. We'll go ahead and uh, take our first break this morning. You're listening to uh, Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music on Thursday. It's Southern Jack, and join us for the Quarter Tavern Christmas Party Friday night. Remember, never cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's, the best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, now just $2, imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has it covered for all the bowl games and no bar with more outdoor seating. Don't forget the Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main. 
Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Landry has been traveling around District 49 talking to friends and neighbors about bringing prosperity and economic freedom to all our citizens. As we visited with thousands of people across our great district, many asked, how can we get involved in moving our district forward? Join us by going to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com where you can easily sign up and join our campaign. Go to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com and register now to join us. Pay for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday morning, uh, December the 19th. Uh, of course, the bowl games, the, the numerous, the 40-plus bowl games got underway uh, Friday morning uh, over in the Bahamas as uh, my uh, I mean, of Ohio and UAB went at it. Of course, uh, UAB uh, comes out with uh, the victory of 24-20. to 20. Uh, in a game that uh, saw the uh, Ohioans, um, and I'm trying to remember um, what the um, what's the uh, mascot of Miami? Is it the uh, Hawks? Maybe Red Hawks. Yeah, I think I, it is. I, it was an Indian mascot. That's right. And, uh, I think they tweaked it a little bit. Yes. Anyway, uh, the Blazers uh, from Birmingham go ahead and take down. They score late in the game to win 24-20. Elsewhere, uh, the Sun Belt champion Troy took on the Conference USA champion uh, University of Texas at San Antonio, and they get past uh, uh, Texas San Antonio. They they were down 12 to seven at half, but they score uh, a touchdown in the third quarter along with a field goal. And they rally past uh, the Conference USA champion, Texas San Antonio, 18 to 12. And other bowl game action uh, started uh, Saturday morning. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, who last year played in the college football playoff, uh, having a rough last couple games as Louisville takes them down. I believe this game was played up in Boston, the Fenway Bowl. It was. And, and Fenway Park, too. It was played, and they how they got that 100-yard they, field. They squeezed it in there. <laughs> and you're right, in not, there. Not a lot of room at the end zone, similar to when they play a game at Wrigley. Yeah. In fact, when Wrigley went through some renovations a few years ago, they intentionally brought, I think, the third base dugout back a little bit okay. so that they could more easily put in a football field. And, and the Bears played there for oh, many yeah. years back yeah. in the day. I even think in 63 when they won the championship, when they beat the Giants, uh, I want to say they played that game at Wrigley Field in 63. Oh, yeah, through 1970, I believe. I, in fact, my first Bear game was 1970. 
anyway, uh, elsewhere uh, in the bowl games, and like I said, we got 40-plus bowl games, a game I was really surprised at was how easily Oregon State took down Florida. Oh, and boy, they're not happy with Billy Napier oh, in Gainesville. Oh, man. I mean, uh, they it was 30 to nothing, and Florida kicks a field goal. Uh, with what, maybe 40 seconds left? or it, it was very late in the game, maybe around a minute left to go in the game, and they had a fourth down. I don't know what it was maybe, but they kick a field goal instead of maybe going for it. And uh, I guess to save face that they weren't shut out by Oregon State. But, uh, man, Florida didn't look good. Man, I mean, just uh, it was on the verge of pathetic. And uh, uh, we'll see. Elsewhere, Fresno State, uh, boy, they look really good as they take down Washington State uh, Cougars by the score of 29-6. Uh, to 6. Elsewhere, Southern Miss uh had to fight back rice rice uh, was down 17 to 3 at halftime they put up 21 points in the third quarter to take a lead and then southern miss to tie it up and southern miss comes back with uh, 14 points in the fourth quarter uh the the player of that game frank gore jr yeah that's the son of uh the legendary and is frank gore senior still playing in the nfl i think he's boxing <laughs> he uh he must have played 16 to 17 years in the league or more. Anyway, his son carries it 21 times for 329 yards and a couple scores. Sets the bowl record uh, for rushing yardage in a football game. Frank Gore Jr. as uh, Southern Miss. The Eagles take down uh, the Rice Owls uh, 38-24 in a bowl game uh, over the weekend. Elsewhere, uh, Southern Methodist uh can't hold on. Uh, they get beat by BYU. Uh, Southern Methodist scores a couple scores late. And I think they went for a two-point play and were unsuccessful. And they get beat 24-23 in uh, the bowl game. Elsewhere, the last bowl game, uh, Boise State still finds ways to win as they down uh, North Texas by a score of 35-32. Uh, and that uh, that bowl game uh, was the last one of the weekend uh and well, uh, today, would it officially be the last one of the weekend? Yeah, with uh, Marshall and Connecticut going at it tonight. Uh, and uh, what's our um, the Myrtle Beach Bowl in Conway, South Carolina. Of course, ESPN will carry that one tonight. Uh, today, one thirty. Yeah, oh, it's early game. I thought maybe yeah. it was a later game. No, you don't want it to interfere with Monday Night Football. Well, this is true. You're right about that. But they've been known to do that on occasion. But uh, you're right. And then uh, Tuesday, they've got uh, two games. Uh, Wednesday, they've got one game. Uh, Thursday, they've got one game. Friday, they've got one, two games. And then Saturday, only one game Saturday. Of course, the NFL does play, uh, what, three, four or five games all, uh, Saturday? All, all but f- the Monday well, night game? There's a Thursday night game. There's a Monday night game. And then there's three games Christmas Day, so everything else Saturday. Okay. Uh, of course, the buys are over, too. Uh, anyway, we've got plenty of bowl games uh, coming up. So if you want to watch uh, college football or professional football tonight, uh, they've got plenty of bowl games for you to watch uh, in that regard. Of course, the Cajuns, they'll be playing uh, this Friday uh, as they take on um, – and looking for that game here. Uh, what do I do with the Cajuns? Uh, they do play this the Friday, the 20 20- – the 23rd. Against Houston, yeah. 2 o'clock game. Yeah, 2 o'clock in the afternoon this coming Friday. Houston, a seven-point pick. The over and under is 58 up in uh, Shreveport in the Independence Bowl, which from Lafayette's about a three-hour drive. Uh, maybe a little, maybe a Real more. easy trip from yeah. Lafayette now. Yeah, certainly is. And uh, the Independence, I think the uh, that the Independence uh, game up there, the stadium, I think, has been reconditioned and all, so it's a little better suited 
Uh, of course, the Cajuns come in uh, six and six, Houston seven and five. Uh, so uh, good luck to the Cajuns. And uh, I saw where uh, they they picked up a few commitments. We'll talk a little bit about that later on uh, the, during the week. Uh, Wednesday's the national the first of the national signing days for collegiate. Uh, players or colleges to sign high school football players. So we'll have a little bit about that uh, in the coming uh, days with uh, football. But elsewhere uh, in uh, collegiate football, a lot of big games coming up. So um, they got 40-plus. I think you told me 42 collegiate 42 games. 42 is the number of bowl games. She. And then, then 43 is the – it's not a bowl game, the college football championship game. That is not a bowl game, so there's 43 if you count that. And not designated as a bowl game is uh, what you said. So uh, anyway, um, you know, over the weekend, big news as the uh, Argentina uh, takes the World Cup in a pen- I just I, I have a tough time deciding a, a, a one of probably the largest one of the largest sporting events maybe other than the Super Bowl that they decided on penalty kicks. Well, only after 120 minutes of you know, okay. tie. I didn't watch a lot of the uh, first half of the game, but the second half, why did it go 30-plus uh, minutes over the 90 minutes? Uh, uh, well, their, their overtime is not uh, sudden con- death. Yeah, it's construed it, on penalty. two 15-minute halves of okay. overtime. All right. And if it's still tied after that, that's when they go to the shootout. Okay. And, and or the- what they call penalty kicks but they're not penalty kicks but it's a 90 minutes a game 45 each but they don't the referees are the only ones know how much add-on time Which I is hate. what they call it yes yeah. extra time yeah. okay and it's the dumbest thing in the world that they're the only ones if if they can stop the clock why can't they just throw up a banner saying hey the clock is stopped the clock operator stops the clock just like they do in football games. I mean, it's it's insane that you don't know for sure when the end of a game is. I don't think it's fair to the fans, but I don't think it's fair to the players either. Uh, I, I agree with you. I just, uh, you know. And it's, it's yeah, I, I know you and I are big baseball traditionalists. Yes. And if that's a tradition, it's a stupid one. Uh, if that's the only reason they won't. Well, we've always done it this way. Well, yeah. it's, come on. Technology uh, allows us. So, but I was shocked at how much extra time there was. Bingo. Like 15, 20 minutes. Uh, yeah, I just I thought these guys would play forever. I, we were here in the studio yesterday morning, Jerry and I, working on the stream. We're now streaming again. Thank okay. you very much. All right. Appreciate uh, our buddy with Warp Radio uh, helping us out yesterday morning, too. A uh, little more complicated than we thought it would be. But we finally um, broke out of here at about 1140, and I got to watch the uh, the the shootout uh-huh. uh, the penalty kick portion but again no penalties were involved it's it's hockey we, in hockey they call it a shootout at right. the end again after a scoreless overtime at least in hockey there is sudden death if you score 2 seconds into overtime the game's over that's right soccer should be doing the same thing it it should be uh, in my opinion uh, because there were two goals i believe in overtime yes yeah yes and uh basically argentina came out uh with a two nothing lead, and they were smothering France. France couldn't do anything, and uh, from what the reports were, that uh, France just needed ninety seconds to turn a one sided affair into a classic. And uh, in the second half, uh, they scored. Uh, I guess uh, Argentina scored, and uh, France gave some life to 
anyway, 90 seconds later, they sent their fans into a frenzy because they scored twice in 90 seconds. And uh, then this extra time, uh, which you just explained, uh, I'm not uh, familiar with. And uh, Argentina wins it on a 4-2 to shootout to improve to 6-1 and in World Cup penalty shootouts. And it was the fifth shootout in Qatar, the most ever in a single World Cup. Um, some of the stats on the game here, they had, uh, I don't know what they, how they had a, a thousand and three games. Was that maybe when the, all the world members played 793 goals, uh, one World Cup title? Uh, anyway, um, the final World Cup match saw, uh, this guy, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, well, was that Ronaldo, uh, playing for, um, Oh, Massey. Massey for Argentina. Yeah, that's right. Uh, continue playing for Argentina a little while longer. Being, they carried around the stadium while the Argentina fans chanted his name. So, uh, anyway, big game for, um, oh, I should say match, excuse me, for Argentina as they now, uh, um, let's see, uh, I'm trying to think. Interesting, too. Uh, Go Messi ahead. did not get the uh, golden boot or MVP for the tournament. Uh, Mbappe did, uh, France. Really? Yeah. Okay. And then he had a big day yesterday, too. Yeah, that's uh, he had three goals. He had all of France's goals yeah. yesterday. Oh, wow. Anyway, um, of course, the match ended in 3-3. Argentina wins it on a shootout 4-2, and it gives Argentina three World Cup titles, trailing only Brazil with five, Germany with four, and Italy also has four, and cements Massey's status as the greatest soccer player to ever live. Uh, even over Pelé? I, I guess so, Um but again, um, kudos to him, and um, yeah, he'll be feted in Argentina now for quite some time. Oh, he probably won't have to pay for a meal. No. Anyway, uh, Messi's uh, shoulders, uh, he carried them. You know, he started playing in 2006 at the age of 18, and 16 years later, he still has delivered the ultimate prize to his soccer-obsessed nation. So, uh, Re- Remember, though. Every four years, it's not like that's it's right. every year. That's one out of four ain't bad. And you got to qualify, and, too. Yeah. You know, we go through the, I don't know, would they start off with 64 teams or something of that nature? Yeah, I, I have no idea. Yeah, or even maybe more than that. I'm sure most every country has a soccer program, even some of the poor ones. I, I would imagine anyone who wants to compete can compete. Uh, I just don't know how that process works. But at some point, they say, yes, we want to be uh, uh, <laughs> attempting to qualify uh-huh. for the World Cup. Uh, well, anyway, uh, just quickly, uh, some basketball news is uh, uh, the boy, the, the Pelicans journey out to Phoenix can get, uh, uh, you know, we bragged about them a little bit. Uh, of course, Utah hammers them twice, once in overtime. Then they go play in, uh, in Phoenix uh, over the uh, – Weekend, I want to say that was a Saturday, a Saturday game. Sure, Saturday. Yeah, and uh, Phoenix goes off on him as uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Devin Booker, wasn't he a Duke graduate? Uh, he scores 58 points and uh, goes 21 out of 35 from the floor and 10 out of 15 from the free throw line as they beat back uh, the Pelicans uh, 118 to 114. There, there was a suggestion that Phoenix was a bit offended by a helicopter dunk that Zion made in New Orleans That's right. the week before, and uh, so perhaps they had a little uh, fire under their belly. Uh, yeah, yeah they're game back of Memphis, who uh, who's 8-2 and two over the last 10 games. The, the Pelicans are 7-3 and three over there. Of course, they were on a seven-game winning streak at one time, so... Uh, that had come into play, but in the meantime, uh, tonight they play. So if you're um, you know, Bally Sports, uh, if you have a Cox Network, I don't know 
what channel that would be on direct tv uh, uh 675 or 6 okay um it's, it's one of those two okay anyway uh the smoothie king center tonight uh, as uh, milwaukee comes in 21 and 8 against the 18 and 11 uh uh, Pelicans, uh, Milwaukee's a point and a half difference, two twenty-eight and a half uh, over and under. Of course, uh, the Pelicans are the third leading scoring team uh, in the NBA at 117 points a game, while Milwaukee's at right at about 113. They're 17th in the league. So uh, NBA action tonight. You can uh, follow up on that, of course, Monday Night Football on ESPN and ABC. So uh, with that, don't know, will we see the Manning boys tonight? On uh, ESPN2, do you um, know? Or is it ESPN News? I think I did see a Manning cast. Okay, for tonight's game uh, with re- regards to uh, the Packers and the Rams. Of course, the Rams at Green Bay in 20-degree temperature tonight at Lambeau Field. Yeah, they, they will do this one, and then the next one is the wild card weekend, Monday night game. Okay. All right. Anyway, let us go ahead and take another break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answertopain.com. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music on Thursday. It's Southern Jack, and join us for the Quarter Tavern Christmas party Friday night. Remember, never cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's, the best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, now just $2, imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has it covered for all the bowl games and no bar with more outdoor seating. Don't forget the Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main. Hi, this is Boxcar Bajero inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kangaroo, and Sugar Oak. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. 
Welcome back to Bayou Sports on this big Monday morning, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Uh, just quickly, uh, for last Friday night, an uh, inner-city uh, basketball game as Nish uh, takes down Catholic High by the score of 67-39. to I'm thinking Nish has got a pretty good team this year because the uh, Panthers, uh, with the triplets and uh, picking up another 6-6 guy. Uh, anyway, uh, Yellow Jackets take him down by uh, 28 points and. Um, this should have been a five a versus a two way. It, it, it is, but, know. uh, the Panthers have played up a few games. Uh, they played uh, another four, a team earlier. I think that they beat, but in the meantime, uh, Nish usually has pretty good basketball program along with Westgate here. Yeah, that co- represent Coach, the city. um, Tom Russ, uh, really brought that program back and, uh, Chad Porsche, uh, continuing the momentum. Yes. Good to see. Yep. It is good to see, uh, with Nish uh, uh, having a good program, along with the other area schools, too. So in the meantime, uh, I did a little digging. I found this interesting. Uh, you know, everybody, if you're any kind of sports fan, a collegiate sports fan, you're hearing about the portal. And you see a lot of teams uh, with players enter the portal, as we discussed uh, last week. These kids want to play, and they're behind maybe uh, the five-point star or whatever the case may be, but they're not playing a lot, and they just want to play, and they're looking for avenues to find teams uh, to play and where they can play. Anyway, I I found this article, Players to Enter the Transfer Portal per SEC School, and everyone knows the SEC, you know, year in and year out, uh, is fighting for a national championship with the various teams that are in the uh, SEC. But here's a, here's a clue. Uh, the number one team uh, uh, that has the most players entering the portal uh, effective December the 15th was Texas A&M at 25 kids entered the portal off their 85 scholarship players. That's, that's a lot of kids. And when you can only sign 25, now at one time – I remember they allowed you, for every kid that entered the portal, you were able to pull one in from the portal, but the max you could have is only 85 kids on scholarship now. And uh, you can sign 25. I don't know if that's a combination portal or high school kids. Maybe someone might know a little bit better than I. But uh, still, 25 kids entering the portal, that, that's almost a 30-year team entering the portal. And, and these guys were probably mostly holding blocking dummies uh, during practice and like you said uh, looking for and plus you know all the recruits that came into the school last year uh, a very great freshman class and even though they the team may be underperformed but uh, again it, yeah. it was a great freshman class who's you assume only going to get better and again these uh, upperclassmen know the wave that's coming in, and they see the writing on the wall. Sure, and they, like I mentioned, they want to play somewhere. Anyway, number two is And be fall. seen. Yeah. Because you're not going to get to the next level if you're not seen. That's right. That's right. Anyway, Florida is number two at 19 into the portal. Of course, with a new coach, he wants to bring in his type kids and all. That's understood. Meanwhile, tied for third is Arkansas and Mississippi, Ole Miss, each with 18. Alabama. You think uh, they were pulling in all these great stars? They're at fifteen. They're fifth. LSU is at six with thirteen. Mississippi State and Vanderbilt are at uh, twelve each. They're tied for seventh. Kentucky at ten, along with Auburn. They're ninth in the league. Missouri with nine. They're eleventh, along with South Carolina at uh, nine. Tennessee uh, seven have entered the portal, and Georgia one. <laughs> you know, I guess they want to get a ring. <laughs> In that regard, playing for the national championship, uh, don't know who that Georgia player might be who entered the portal. And and 
I would imagine, too, why jump into the portal now when you could at least be there for the national championship game? Uh, potential. I mean, they've, they've got to get there, but uh, the semifinals, and why leave now when you have a chance, as you mentioned, to be a part of a championship team? Makes no sense to me whatsoever. You may as well wait it out. I think you can enter the portal until mid-January. Yeah, something like that. I think the, the initial date you could enter the portal. Of course, you could enter the portal uh, before the first game, I think. Uh, and I've, I'm sure a few of these players did. In the meantime, uh, I think the portal, like you said, uh, December 5th is when these kids started entering the portal. And uh, we've seen them uh, even uh, at UL, uh, also at uh, LSU, Tulane, McNeese. They've got kids entering the portal that want to play. Also a young man that entered the portal. I think he was a second-team All-American from Lorville, Zai Alexander has entered the portal looking for a place to play. And once he entered the portal, from what I understand, he's got numerous. Uh, even Southern Cal made an offer to him for a scholarship. So uh, Cy Alexander, uh, a cornerback safety combo, I think, over at Southeastern Louisiana, has entered the portal. Uh, we'll see maybe keep an eye on him to see where he lands. I've got a couple contacts that uh, are aware of what's going on with him. So if we hear any interesting news. But i got a feeling he's not going to uh, maybe declare until maybe the February signing date as he might want to take some trips to various schools and all and uh, that are paid by the schools. And if one Southern Cal, uh, I'm almost sure UL's offered him a spot. Not sure about LSU. Tulane's offered him an I, opportunity. I don't understand uh, the transfer portal in this situation, though, because if he's going from FBS or FCS to FBS, I didn't think you needed uh, – to, to sit out a year that you can always move up. Yeah. And uh, so, again, I, I, I don't I, know that answer, but uh, I, who knows with the new rules now with the portal and all, I don't know how that transpires. I need to dig into that a little bit right now. But uh, Zai Alexander, the former uh, quarterback athlete at the uh, Lowerville Tigers, uh, is looking into the portal. So uh, wishing the best. Hopefully he finds a home that he really enjoys so and uh he's gotten a little bigger he's up to about 6'3 and probably 190 200 pounds so uh i'm pretty sure he he had like i don't know four or five interceptions this year uh he's done really a good job for coach frank Selfo, a new iberian native over at southeastern right now so uh good luck to us uh, anyway i'd like to just uh quickly before we uh get bob rose on the line at our eight o'clock hour i saw this nice uh, uh um, tweet by uh by mr uh Zai uh, Alex uh, Zai Hill Green uh, from UL, and he uh, he tweeted out something. I like to just read through it quickly before we take our next break. I would like to start off by saying uh, the journey has uh, made me the person I am mentally and physically. I want to also thank my family for uh, thought of it all. I'd love y'all to uh, unconditionally. And uh, you enough, I owe all. I would also love to thank that my current uh, for being. Uh, uh, believing in me every day, they, uh, the potential. I also want to give a shout-out and keeping it uh, to my uh, team. I want to say thank you to the Lord and uh, believe that the teammates that uh, turned into family place in my heart. Y'all can always count on me. Last but not least, I want to thank everything and more. Y'all took a chance on me, a kid from a small town growing up and uh, wanted to make it to the NFL. Um, um will step and announce that I will be entering uh, the uh, NFL draft and I will still be playing in the bowl game. And at the end of it, uh, Zion uh, Hill Green states, uh, Rip Liam. So uh, mm. uh, he puts on there, of course, that's Liam McDuff. He uh, was a 
a schoolmate of. I, don't, I think he was a little bit older than uh, than Liam uh, as he finished up at uh, Catholic High, I think, in 2017, somewhere in there. He's a fifth-year senior over at UL and uh, had a pretty good Did year. Did he have too. a year of eligibility left? I, that's a good question. I don't think he was redshirted his freshman year. I think he did play some, and you were allowed to play four games, I do believe, and still keep your red shirt, but I think he played more than four games. Uh, and, of course, so he had the, the fifth-year COVID year. That's right. But That's uh, right. Okay. So I'm pretty sure, and he's uh, moving on, but he, as he stated, he will play in the bowl I'm game. I'm glad to see that. And uh, they have uh, a few UL players that have opted out of the bowl game. Why, I don't know. Um, but Wait, where uh, is they the game? Have, uh, in Shreveport. Yeah, well, that's in Independence why. Bowl. That's yeah, in Shreveport. So anyway, uh, Zion. Um, <laughs> I love my Shreveport people. Come on, <laughs> Zion Hill Green. Uh, uh, nice little note he had here on Twitter that I made a copy of and printed, and uh, just a just a great kid all the way around. I remember Coach Indes telling him he was a big Ric Flair uh, <laughs> favorite uh, in wrestling. So uh, he. Clap his hands and uh, woo woo we or whatever he Ric Flair did. I'm not a wrestling fan. <laughs> Sorry, folks. But in the meantime, uh, just about that time to get uh, uh, our man on to talk about the Saints. So uh, we're going to go ahead and take our next break and uh, and get get Bob Rose on to talk about the Saints this uh, past weekend. You're listening to Kane Radio by Your Sports. We'll be back with Bob Rose right after this. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at Danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Louisiana. 
purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, uh, December the 19th. And on the line with us uh, is customarily on Monday uh, mornings is Bob Rose. Good morning, Bob. And as always, welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. Thank you for having me. And uh, let me be maybe the first to wish everybody a Merry Christmas out there. Uh, since the next time we speak, it'll be a post-Christmas uh, uh, day. Yeah, that's right, too. Uh, and with uh, with Christmas, uh, we've got a little early present for the Saints, too, Bob. Uh, in that regard, uh, the Saints find a way to win yesterday. Uh, they, they still have a chance to ruin Christmas, though, because there is one more game before. <laughs> Yeah, the Grinch. Uh, we will wonder if the Grinch will steal that Christmas gift uh, come uh, Saturday as a journey. The Saints will journey to Cleveland. But in the meantime, the Saints uh, yesterday uh, beat back the Falcons uh, 21-18 in pretty much uh, a game they had to win to keep any possibilities of a playoff berth alive. And uh, we were given uh, two other gifts on the day yesterday as uh, – of course, the Bengals uh, not looking good in the first half. Take down the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks in the second half mm-hmm. uh, pretty easily, and then the Carolina Panthers uh, get beat again. So we got a three-way tie for is it second or four or last in the NFC South, Bob? I, I look at it as I, I look at it as last, uh, but I, but I'll tell you what: the Tampa Bay and Carolina losses have actually opened up a second potential playoff scenario for New Orleans, where they could still be alive in the NFC South if they lose to either Cleveland or Philadelphia in the next two weeks. Uh, but for that to happen, Tampa would have to lose their last three games and a bunch of other things would have to happen. I published it on the Saints News Network uh, about an hour or two ago, but I'm not going to make you guys' heads hurt by going through the whole whole shebang. Like you said, the easiest scenario is to win out and have Tampa Bay lose two of their last three, and then the Saints, unbelievably, are the NFC South champs. Wow, just that, just like that, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Easier said than done after what yeah. we saw yesterday. Yeah, they got to go to Cleveland, and you know it's going to be cold. Then they got to turn around and head to Philadelphia, who is playing some pretty good football right now. Ooh. They're thirteen and one. Uh, but the Saints yesterday, uh, Andy Dalton commanded the game, did a good job. Uh, of course, Tyson Tyson Hill hits a big pass play for what was it, sixty something yards uh, mm-hmm. to the rookie. And uh, right now, the Saints playing pretty well. They're not turning the ball over. They did have a fumble yesterday, uh, but uh, Bob, just uh, your thought process. But the one thing that scares me yesterday that I saw Atlanta ran the ball down the Saints' throats, and you don't think Cleveland's watching that film too. Uh, yeah, exactly. And the Cleveland Browns are a darn good running football team, uh, and and they're playing very well right now. Uh, and you know, an early forecast for that game: uh, a winter storm watch, is, uh, a winter storm is expected to hit the Great Lakes area that could bring down a foot of snow between Friday and Saturday's game. So that's something to watch too. Uh, but yeah, yeah. If the biggest negative takeaway from this 
Jets win yesterday uh, you know, was you know, another abysmal performance by that run defense. They just they couldn't stop them, and it wasn't you know, outside of one forty-something yard run by Kyler Algier, uh, who's a good-looking back, by the way. Yeah, uh, you know, it's not like the the Falcons broke a lot of long runs. They were just getting you know, six, eight, ten, twelve yards a pop, and the Saints couldn't do anything about it. And you know, I, I nearly lost my, you know what? Uh, we'll just call it lunch. Um, I, I, I near, I nearly lost my wits uh, on that third and thirteen, I believe it was. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I, a situation that the Saints defense should have had well in hand. Uh, they run a draw play to Tyler, and he gets the first down. Yeah. That epitomized the day for the Saints' run defense, which it, it was surprising because of the way they started out. The, the entire squad, the entire unit, uh, you know, started out the day so well. Uh, you know, played well against Drake London, despite some you know, some good numbers. But the fact that they couldn't stop the run, and then offensively, you know, just mind-boggling conservative play calling in the second half uh when you were only when you only had a two score lead uh you know and you know blowing two opportunities to put points on the board in the first half with that fumble by D, you know, DJ in the red zone uh and then the drive before that the uh, a penalty that moved them back when they were had been moving the ball well so the Saints continue to shoot themselves in the foot. Very, very concerning going into you know, at games against, again, a Cleveland team that's playing well. And even if you get past them, a Philadelphia team that has to be the best, you know, top Super Bowl contender right now. Yeah, that, you're correct about that. But you wonder uh, with regards to heading up to uh, Cleveland uh, with the Saints. Uh, Cleveland, I believe I saw earlier this morning, it's a three-point pick. Uh, in that, but uh, not realizing uh, the snowfall that's going to take place, uh, as they're probably going to play in I don't know 19 degree temperature or something mm-hmm. of that nature uh, up in uh, Cleveland uh, on Lake Erie. Uh, with that, I think I saw the uh, temperature uh, high of 23 uh, with windy uh, conditions, so uh, low of 18, um, 33 percent chance of uh, of uh, precipitation but i'm sure that precipitation's at that degree it's going to be uh pretty much snow and not uh, hopefully not sleet in that regard but uh wow so uh we'll see the big thing bob i don't know if you can the saints get back will mashon Lattimore ever play another game this year for the saints i gosh i don't know uh you know the last two games you know he had returned to practice on a very limited basis uh, you know, and, you know, that gave, as it turned out, false hope to some people that were expecting him to be back in the lineup. Uh, you know, I didn't. Um, I, I, I think what the Saints were waiting to do to you know, is see if they would still be, you know, you, you want to rest Lattimore as much as possible. I mean, you know, this kind of injury is potentially life-threatening. You know, forget the year. Uh, but since they're still in the playoff race, if he can make a go of it, you know, you would think that they would per- maybe press him into service, uh, you know, against Cleveland, uh, or maybe keep their fingers crossed and, you know, target the Philadelphia game, uh, you know, for his return. At this point, I would be a little bit surprised to see Marshawn play against Cleveland. Uh, Philadelphia might be the, you know, the, the next targeted date. 
the good news is Alante Taylor and you know yesterday Paulson Adebo both played so well uh, you know that uh, you know that surprisingly Marshawn wasn't missed I mean you know Taylor just played out of his mind uh, you know, he, he's playing so well right now uh, and because of that uh, I see no reason to risk further injury to Marshawn Lattimore and like we said that because of the nature of his injury uh, you know you're talking much more you know something much more serious than foot you know just football if he re-aggravates it yeah and the Saints of course yesterday played against a rookie quarterback too Desmond Ritter Mm -hmm. from the University of Cincinnati who was um, I'm I'm trying to recall if he was a second or third round pick by the Falcons third uh, round yeah in that regard so uh, he only threw for 89 yards yesterday Uh, of course that was a net yardage uh, with uh, the Saints had I believe four sacks of him but for eight yards and uh Andy Dalton was sacked twice each team turned the ball over once on fumbles uh Saints still in that penalty mode they had six penalties for 46 yards that's something they got to clean up but when they play in uh Cleveland and Philadelphia and of course they come back home to play Carolina and who knows what uh where they're going to be at that time uh playing their last uh game and I'm tr- I'm not sure if they've set up they've got a date set I believe but I don't know about a time and uh, of course, uh, not sure who Tampa Bay's got left uh, to play. Uh, to wonder if uh, they could get knocked off uh, again or twice. Uh, Tampa Bay has uh, their, their remaining schedule is at Arizona, at home against the Panthers, and at Atlanta. Uh, you know, so again, you know, the easiest scenario in for the Saints is for them to win their final three, and the Buccaneers would have to lose two of those three games. Uh, you know, the, the way Tampa Bay started out the game against Cincinnati yesterday, it oh, made yeah. you feel like, uh, you know, playoff hopes were, you know, were done. Um, you know, but, you know, give the Bengals credit and they're, you know, they're one of, if not the top AFC contender right now, the way they're playing. Uh, you know, but Tampa Bay, much like New Orleans and the other teams in the NFC South, Tampa Bay just finds ways to lose uh you know just like our saints just like the panthers just like the falcons it's almost become comical yeah you look at that game uh that monday night when uh tom uh, brady gets uh what two scores in the last three yeah. minutes of the game you wonder if that might have been the game to turn things around for the saints uh in that regard and they, they'd be sitting in first place right now in lieu of tampa bay they'd be uh tied for last with the other two teams in carolina and atlanta but uh and you look through the course of the year the games the saints had uh just pitiful games uh the games that come to mind with the steelers even the vikings they had a chance to beat over in london mm-hmm. and uh you look back on it and just uh, shake your head but uh injuries have really crippled this team through the most of the year and uh uh, you wonder if they'd have remained uh, relatively healthy if they could have won a couple more games, Bob. Yeah, you got to believe so. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, yeah, even the players that were on the field that have been on the field all year, uh, you know, the players we've accustomed to you know, to them making big plays or coming up big in key moments, they haven't done so. Uh, yeah, and like you said, yeah, for any for any older Saints fan like us. Uh, you know, the words of Jim Mora, the coulda, woulda, shoulda, just That's keep right. echoing in your head. Uh, you know, the Vikings game, they should have won. The Bengals game, they should have won. Uh, you know, the, the Steelers game was, you know, they just sleepwalked through that entire yeah. affair. Uh, you know, and the Buccaneers game, they handed over on a silver platter, uh, like they almost did this Falcons game yesterday. That's right. So yeah, you know, th- this team could easily be sitting uh, you know, among the top NFC contenders right after Philadelphia. Uh, you know, but 
they they have I, I look at it this way with these New Orleans Saints. They have dug themselves their own hole. Uh you know, now they have the ability to get themselves out, but they need some help to do so. And you never ever want to put yourself in that uh kind of position where you're depending on others to get you to where you need to go. Yeah, Bob, real quick, uh Cleveland Deshaun Watson, uh they Managed a victory, a low-scoring victory, but uh, what do you expect or what have you seen from Deshaun Watson in his couple of games back with Cleveland and the challenges that offers up the Saints? Uh, boy, I tell you, you know, I, I am not impressed with Deshaun Watson and his two games back so far. Uh, you know, he seems to be having a hard time getting into a rhythm. Uh, you know, outside of Amari Cooper, there's not a whole lot of weapons, uh, you know, not a whole lot of household names for him to target in that Cleveland offense. Uh, you know, the, the Browns uh, offense is just the type uh, uh, that they just want to buckle up their chin strap and just jam the ball down your throat. Uh, you know, when teams have stopped that, that's when Cleveland struggles a little bit. Uh, you know, what surprised me with Deshaun is, you know, his, uh, his, his, he's really struggled with his accuracy. Now, what I noticed against Baltimore, uh, you know, we, you know, we've seen Deshaun Watson in a Houston Texans uniform plenty of times. We know he's an athletic guy, uh, you know, that, uh, that can make plays with his legs, uh, you know, but he can also get hot. And you know, when he does, he is one of the uh, one of the more dynamic passers in the league. So you certainly hope you know you certainly don't want him to get into a rhythm as a passer, uh, but you also have to be aware of his athleticism and mobility. Uh, you know, and that's something that's one of the ways Desmond Ritter hurt New Orleans a little bit yesterday. Wasn't a difference in the game, uh, you know. But you know, like one of you mentioned earlier, the Saints got uh, four sacks on Ritter. It should have been six, six or seven. They have to make those kind of plays against a player like Deshaun Watson. Otherwise, they'll lose. It's as simple as that. Bob, always a pleasure. We'll look forward to, well, I know I'm going to be in my Christmas onesie next Monday. We're not doing a (laughs) show, but if uh, we can reschedule you maybe for Tuesday, I'll have Tony get in touch with you there, but uh, no show next Monday, but remind us how to uh, see and uh, read your work. Yeah, it'd be a pleasure, guys. Uh, you know, whatever we need to work out, I'm sure there's a way we can do it. Uh, you know, in the meantime, again, Merry Christmas to all of you and your families. Uh, and if you want to follow me, you know, listeners out there, uh, I'd be honored if you would. You can do so on Facebook, Bob Rose, R-O-S-E. I'm over on Twitter, at Bobby R2613. All of my work, along with uh, you know, three other very, very talented writers, we can be followed at the Saints News Network or at Saints News on Twitter. And don't forget to catch our, uh, our Bayou Blitz podcast. We go live every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. And if you want to catch any of our past shows, uh, you know, just jump onto YouTube and look for Bayou Blitz. Real good, Bob. Always a pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Have a great week. Uh, thank you, you Bob. You too. Merry Christmas. Anyway, Jeff, uh, trying to uh, go ahead and finish up the show with Today in Sports History before we uh, get to the Breakfast Club uh, here on December 19th. In 1913, Jack Johnson fights fellow African-American uh, Jim Johnson to a draw in 10 rounds 
for the vacated uh, heavyweight boxing title in Paris. First time two uh, black fighters compete for the title. And Jack Johnson was just an incredible fighter. They put up all kind of people against him back in the, the 20th century during the teens, and uh, he defeated everyone. Uh, elsewhere in 1926, the NFL championship, the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets go 14-1-2 to win the uh, post uh, pass post title. 1927, the Giants win it in the pass post title at 11-1-1. One one. In 1947, in the 48 draft, Harry Gilmer from Alabama was the first pick by the Washington Redskins, now the Commanders. Of course, Harry Gilmer went on to a pretty good career uh, in that regard. 1948, the Cleveland Browns beat the Buffalo Bills 49-7 to in the All-American uh, Football Conference. Of course, they merged with the NFL around 1950 or so. In the 1948 NFL Championship at Shive Park in Philadelphia, the Eagles shut out the Cardinals, the Chicago Cardinals, 7-0 in a snowstorm in the called the Philly Blizzard. Former LSU running back Steve Van Buren scored the only touchdown in the game on a five-yard run with 104 left to go in the game. 1976, a Piper Cherokee plane crashes in the Baltimore Memorial Stadium in the upper stands 10 minutes after the Colts lose to Pittsburgh and uh, Steelers, and no one was seriously hurt, even the pilot and the, mm. some of the passengers. And I remember that crashing into uh, in Baltimore in the Memorial Stadium. 1986, Jack Morris agrees to salary arbitration with his former team, the Tigers, and accuses owners of collusion against free agency. Boy, and that was a hot topic back in the, in the 80s. 2010, the miracle at the Meadowlands as the Eagles trail the New York Giants by 21 points with eight minutes to play before scoring four touchdowns in the final seven minutes, including the dramatic walk-off punt return for a touchdown by Deshaun Jackson. Elsewhere, birthdays today, born on this date, 1926. A college and football pro Hall of Fame quarterback, three-time NFL champion of the Detroit Lions, Bobby Lane, was born on this day in Santa, Santa Ana, Texas. Of course, Bobby Lane uh, died in 1986. 1934, born on this day, uh, I think probably Mr. Detroit Tiger, Al Kaline, was born on this date, 1934. Baseball Hall of Famer, 18-time All-Star, World Series champ, and I think the youngest man ever to win a batting title at 19 in the major leagues. 1957, born on this day, Kevin McHale, the NBA Boston Celtic forward, born in Hibbing, Minnesota, and also born on this date, 1961, Reggie White, the NFL uh, all-time sacks leader, uh, Super Bowl champ, born in Chattanooga, Tennessee. A quote of the day, I went back to Bobby Lane, and he said, the secret to a happy life is to run out of cash and air at the same time. (laughs) Bobby Lane. Anyway, some kind of character, too. Anyway, that's Today in sports history, December the 19th, Jeff. All right. Not necessarily breaking news, but I did see something I guess Coach uh, Kelly mentioned on Saturday at a press conference that Jaden Daniels will be uh, good to go uh, in the Citrus Bowl coming up on January 2nd. So I I thought I'd uh, pass that along. But apart from that, I do want to thank our guest, Bob Rose, SI.com. Our sponsor is Jacob Landry, candidate for State Rep District 49, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, Schwing Insurance, and the Hedekin Pain Center.